0: Episode 225 of the anarchist news podcast, a digest and or conversations on anarchist activity, ideas and conversations from the previous week on anarchistnews.org.
1: Welcome to this week's reading from the anarchist library where we bring you something that's new or at least relevant to this week's topic of the week from the anarchistlibrary.org. My name is Max and this week I'll be reading The Solar Punk Manifesto. A Solarpunk Manifesto by the Solarpunk community. Solarpunk is a movement in speculative fiction, art, fashion, and activism that seeks to answer and embody the question, what does a sustainable civilization look like, and how can we get there? The aesthetics of Solarpunk merge the practical with the beautiful, the well-designed with the green and lush, the bright and colorful with the earthy and solid. Solar punk can be utopian, just optimistic, or concerned with the struggles en route to a better world, but never dystopian. As our world roils with calamity, we need solutions, not only warnings. Solutions to thrive without fossil fuels to equitably manage real scarcity, and share in abundance instead of supporting false scarcity and false abundance, to be kinder to each other and to the planet we share. Solarpunk is at once a vision of the future, a thoughtful provocation, a way of living, and a set of achievable proposals to get there. Number one, we are solar punks because optimism has been taken away from us and we are trying to take it back. Number 2. We are solar punks because the only other options are denial or despair. Number 3. At its core, solar punk is a vision of a future that embodies the best of what humanity can achieve, a post-scarcity, post-hierarchy post-capitalistic world where humanity sees itself as part of nature and clean energy replaces fossil fuels. Number four, the punk in solar punk is about rebellion, counterculture, post-capitalism, decolonialism, and enthusiasm. It is about going in a different direction than the mainstream, which is increasingly going in a scary direction. Number five, Solarpunk is a movement as much as it is a genre. It is not just about the stories. It is also about how we can get there. Number six. Solarpunk embraces a diversity of tactics. There is no single right way to do Solarpunk. Instead, diverse communities from around the world adopt the name and the ideas and build little nests of self-sustaining revolution. Number seven. Solarpunk provides a valuable new perspective, a paradigm, and a vocabulary through which to describe one possible future. Instead of embracing retrofuturism, Solarpunk looks completely to the future, not an alternative future, but a possible future. Number eight. Our futurism is not nihilistic like cyberpunk, and it avoids steampunk's potentially quasi reactionary tendencies. It is about ingenuity, generativity, independence, and community. Number nine, solarpunk emphasizes environmental sustainability and social justice. Number 10. Solarpunk is about finding ways to make life more wonderful for us right now and also for the generations that follow us. Number 11. Our future must involve repurposing and creating new things from what we already have. Imagine smart cities being junked in favor of smart citizenry. Number 12. Solarpunk recognizes the historical influence politics and science fiction have had on each other. Number 13. Solarpunk recognizes science fiction as not just entertainment, but as a form of activism. Number 14, solar punk wants to counter the scenarios of a dying earth, an insuperable gap between rich and poor and a society controlled by corporations, not in hundreds of years, but within reach. Number 15, solar punk is about youth maker culture, local solutions, local energy grids, ways of creating autonomous functioning systems. It is about loving the world. Number 16, solar punk culture includes all cultures, religions, abilities, sexes, genders, and sexual identities. Number 17, solar punk is the idea of humanity achieving a social evolution that embraces not just mere tolerance, but a more expansive compassion and acceptance. Number 18, the, virtual aesthetics of, the visual aesthetics of solar punk are open and evolving. As it stands, it is a mashup of the following. Number one, 1800s, age of sale, frontier living, but with more bicycles. Number two, creative reuse of de- existing infrastructure, sometimes post apocalyptic, sometimes present weird. Number three, appropriate technology. Number four, Art Nouveau. Number five, Hayao Miyazaki. Number six, ugand style innovation from the non-western world number seven high-tech backends with simple elegant outputs uh, number 19 solar punk is set in a future built according to principles of new urbanism or new pedestrianism and environmental sustainability number 20 solar punk envisions a built environment environment creatively adapted for a solar gain amongst other things using different technologies. The objective is to promote self-sufficiency and living within natural limits. Number 21. In solar punk we've pulled back just in time to stop the slow destruction of our planet. We've learned to use science wisely for the betterment of our life conditions as part of our planet. We're no longer overlords, we're caretakers, we're gardeners. Number 22. Solarpunk, one, is diverse. Two, has room for spirituality and science to coexist. Number three, is beautiful. Number four, can happen now.
0: What's new this week? Review. A Hybrid Counterculture of Anarchists from taipaitimes.com by Bradley Winterton. Again, not a review. This is a synopsis of a new book by Rachel Shu called Emma Goldman, Mother Earth and the Anarchist Awakening from Notre Dame Press. This synopsis is of course written by a non-anarchist for other non-anarchists. Quote, the book looks anew at Mother Earth including its East Asian connections. These are revealed through the magazines 8,000 strong subscriber list seized by the U.S. federal authorities in 1917. As early as the 1920s, Mother Earth was being listed by a Chinese language anarchist periodical, Jian Yi, published in Japan. Other non-anarchist East Asian periodicals featured articles on Goldman, especially her sexual radicalism, of course. Furthermore, Mother Earth advocated a transnationalist immigration policy for the U.S. that embraced all cultures and didn't seek to make every new arrival conform to Anglo-Saxon cultural norms. Unquote. So, consider this an announcement about a book that might be interesting. Maybe that's what review is coming to mean these days. Sigh.
2: Clothes. From chi.st slash nudism as an illegalism. This writer takes a sort of niche topic, nudism, and continues to write interestingly about not just it, but its connection to anarchist thought and practice. Bookmark this content with Les Boulevardiers, RIP, and other fun, thoughtful, and funny writings on fashion. Quote, Nudity is, almost by definition, vulnerability, and if people are able to feel actually comfortable when naked in a space, that is an indication that they feel pretty safe in that space, which is perhaps an indication that something is going well. There is a certain degree of trust that nothing bad and or unpleasant and or undeal-withable is going to happen as a result of a condition of nudity or something worse than normal is going to happen if conditions are just more generally difficult for a person for any number of reasons. This sort of thing isn't impossible, even in a world where clothes are integral to civilization writ large, and civilization is still apparently triumphant. Apparently. To whatever extent a spirited culture of nudism among anarchists would allow us to free up time, resources, and mental energy that might otherwise be occupied, or allow us to construct a collective infrastructure of hygiene that would be superior to the shitty small bathrooms that many of us are stuck with, or even just decrease our reliance, even in a very small way, upon the destructive and doomed economy to which the global clothing industry is party, that, I believe, would be to the good. Unquote.
0: Anarchy 2022, St. Emier, July 28th through 31st. From Anarchy2022.org. Quote, from the 28th to the 31st of July, 2022, a meeting will be held in Saint-Imier, Jura, CH, to celebrate the 150th anniversary of the Congress of saint Emier, which in 1872, saw the foundation of the Anti-Authoritarian International, an event marking the birth of the organized anarchist movement. The event will consist of four days of meetings, lectures, concerts, seminars, and various other activities. It will be a great opportunity for libertarian supporters, inhabitants of the region and elsewhere, and the general public to meet, debate, share, and experience libertarian ideas and practices. It will also be an opportunity for those who have not yet discovered the rich history of this movement to learn about its contributions to social progress and its struggles from previous centuries to the present day." There are social media links to Mastodon, Telegram, Twitter, and Facebook, an email address, and a request for donations.
2: An organized anarchist movement and its contributions to social progress.
0: Yeah, picking out the key, mm. key phrases there.
2: Protests and repressions in Belarus from anarchist perspective. From promen.io slash en. An announcement of an online presentation. Quote, News from Belarus hardly makes any headlines of the English-speaking media... And if something comes, it is mostly about some crazy move of dictator Lukashenko. The protest for now is not happening anymore, but the struggle continues. Massive network of solidarity is supporting thousands of repressed, among them dozens of anarchists and anti-fascists. Some spontaneous, decentralized protests are happening on a regular basis. To bring attention to repressions and the current dire situation of the protest movement, We decided to organize an online presentation within the week of solidarity with anarchist prisoners. We will talk about the key moments and protests and more in details about anarchists in it as well as the most serious repressions against the movement after collapse of the Soviet Union, unquote. This will have happened by the time the podcast comes out. Perhaps the comments will reflect what participants thought of it.
0: Memoirs of Cowardly Anarchists from skulium.noblogs.org. This is basically a blog post, but a provocative one, so kudos to the author. Aggressively claiming the label coward, not a cowardly thing to do, by the way, the question posed is, how does anarchist equal militancy serve and harm anarchist activity? Which, of course, also raises the question of what is anarchist activity? This reminds me of a final straw podcast from a couple weeks ago in which some folks were arguing for self-care to be considered anarchist, aka valuable. From what I can tell, this is a conundrum. Anarchists want dramatic change by definition. We generally think that dramatic change comes from dramatic action. We also want sustained change. And let's argue that we associate that with long-term action. According to this dichotomy that I just pulled out of my ass, that conflict is unresolvable. If something is not hard, then it isn't recognizable as challenging to the status quo. But if something is hard, then it also requires things that are hard in different ways, including that they're not recognized as hard the push to do hard things is important for anarchists. Did I say conundrum?
2: The concentration of capital. From Bent Del Becque from, shockingly, C4SS. You're shocked, right? Quote, Now, to choose how these voluntary collectives of free individu- individuals interact with each other, we only have two options. The socialist market, based on the labor theory of value and voluntary exchange, or the planned economy, Based on the principle of to each according to their ability to each according to their needs it is a cleavage between more marxist inspired anarchism like anarcho-communism and the market anarchism of mutualism wow. followed by agorism and egoism etc with the collectivist bakuninites somewhere in the middle for me the decision is clear unquote shaking my fucking head
0: dutch anarchists on reevaluating covid from rumor Another very solid anarchist check-in on anarchist responses to COVID and to the state's power grabs in the name of public safety. Quote, But is bodily safety in this crisis the ultimate goal? Is health the new security? We accept having no life because we're concerned with maintaining health above all. The state made people victims and wrongdoers. Above this, everybody was made into a parasite. Every contact a risk of contamination. People represent a danger. Every contact is a possible attack on your health, and the only cure is to further alienate oneself from unmediated social life. Still, one could easily argue that a big part of the world population faces bigger risks every day in their working and living conditions than we have in the last months in the European privileged position. And despite relatively easy means to limit the spread of other viruses or harmful circumstances like malaria, hunger, homelessness... We accept that many people will suffer and die from these things because the solutions would cause disruptions and inconvenience to the rich and powerful, unquote. Quote, it seems the only analysis taken seriously is from scientists. For some reason, science is always very important to leftists and sometimes anarchists, but we need to see how it is not neutral and very much is used by the state. Science is not always bad, but it is being used by and done in the interest of big money and power play. It is important to take health and science into account as factors in our analysis, but they are not neutral or some higher truth, even though the state and social control nets claim it as such, unquote. And finally, Anand requests attention be paid to this quote, quote, a lot of what these corona weirdos are saying is very valid about control, state oppression, etc., but as soon as there is a right-wing smell to it, Left and radical circles can only dismiss it, and any engagement with what is actually happening around us disappears. While it is absolutely clear that yes, the extreme right in the form of Nazis and Pegida and many things in between were involved in the demos and riots, and we should confront them and shut them down in every place and moment, it is just as clear that they were a very small part of the people on the streets. Unquote. Can I get an amen?
2: Amen. Thank you. Thank you. In defense of, in defense of Extinction Rebellion, from Freedom News UK. Okay, first a guy named Bill Stickers wrote a piece called In Defense of Extinction Rebellion. Then it got a lot of grief, apparently, and now this other guy, unnamed, is coming to its, and perhaps Bill's, defense. There are some valid points made here. Quote, a society transformed from below. That right there is a description of anarchism. That is why anarchists should be more interested in creating practical examples of anarchy in action than they should be about the perceived ideological, strategic, and or ethical failings of XR. Unquote. Now, I don't agree with that definition of anarchism, but it's not the worst working premise for someone who is a revolutionary. Clearly, some of us are extremely skeptical of relying in any real way on political groups that are, by definition, opportunistic and unethical. So where and what is the line between working with such groups and doing things with people in such groups? With that question, I left the defense of the defense, but there may be additional provocative topics raised. Maybe.
0: Imprisoned anarchist Demetrius Chatsy from Abolition Media Worldwide English. A very brief update about the court appearance, solidarity protest for, and current location of Chatsy as well as a reprint of a statement by him from August 16th which starts out thusly, quote, from October 2019, following my injury during the expropriation in a local store of a state casino in Hilarcus, in Athens, I fled the nexus of preventive and criminal repressive control. The side effect of my injury was the discovery of a set of illegal tools of resistance and the revelation of my relationship with the guerrilla organization revolutionary self-defense. Being an outlaw, I made public my political responsibility for the intended reconstruction of the guerrilla struggle, starting with the example of the revolutionary self-defense organization, reversing the condition of political isolation of the one who escapes the blackmailing conventions which the state seeks and which serves it wherever it comes from. I participated to the maximum in the public movement dialogue with an eye to the evolution of the revolutionary class struggle. The period of exile was a transitional attempt to reposition myself in the global socio-political space of resistance in order to go forward. In the first year, the breaking of deep-rooted barriers was not achieved. I remained trapped in an isolation related to the collective impasses of the Greek movement, Unquote. Good luck to Demetrius. Write an anarchist prisoner today.
2: Under the Radar? From DIYConspiracy.net by Dickhead Bidge. Subtitled, The Changing Face of Repression Against Anarchism and Punk in Indonesia, this includes brief histories of punk and anarchism in Indonesia, including its conflicts with Marxism, how the growth of punk encouraged anarchist thought, as was true in so many places, and how the government, more focused on repressing Marxists, was slow to combat anarchists as anarchists. That is changing now, of course. Quote, the creation of a new anti-anarchy police division in 2011 highlighted the state's fundamental misunderstanding of anarchism as inherited from the Suharto regime's narrow focus on suppressing Marxist-Leninism. This new police division was created to quell religious-based mob attacks and rioting by fundamentalist groups such as Front Pembela Islam, FPI, Islamic Defenders Front. Clearly, it had nothing to do with targeting anarchist political activists. This equating of anarchy with mob violence was evident again in 2016, when rioting football fans in Jakarta were described as supporter anarchists by the newly appointed chief of police, Tino Carnovian. unquote. This is very informative and well-written. Worth the read.
0: In Memoriam, Leon F. Litwak, from Emma Goldman Papers Newsletter by Candace Falk an obituary of what a previous poster might call a cowardly anarchist, i.e. a historian who worked for the Emmett Goldman Papers, which is a historical project, not an anarchist one. Quote, Leon taught history through the stories of those whose lives were exemplars of courage, among his favorites was Emma Goldman, controversial, the bold anarchist who dared to speak out against the denial of rights to women in marriage, reproduction, and sexuality, who challenged institutions of social control from schools to prisons, and who championed the right of workers to organize and of young men to resist military conscription. For this, she was spied upon and censored, repeatedly arrested, imprisoned, and eventually deported," unquote. Yes, that is a plug for Emma in this obituary. Nice job, Candace. Anyway, there's a link here to a video that includes 14 minutes of Litwak talking and to his obit in the New York Times, etc.
2: Anarcho-Punk Zines from DIYConspiracy.net by Chris Lowe. A classic story of a punk anarcho-boy in a zine. This is much more about the DIY part and what was cool about making zines than anything else. Quote, like everyone involved with anarcho-punk at the time, I'd have said I did it to get the message across. All issues had articles on the rote anarcho-punk topics, nuclear disarmament, apartheid, vivisection, fox hunting, etc. Being active and campaigning against them seemed just as important as the music at the time. The reality is probably a cross between that and writing a zine simply being a fun thing to do and having some sort of precocious creative urge within me that it satisfied. There was the fan angle, too providing a legitimate reason to write to and sometimes meet the bands and musicians I was a fan of. Crass, Flux, Discharge, The Alternative, Omega Tribe, Dirt, Poison Girls, etc. Fandom being much maligned within punk and more so anarcho-punk culture. Unquote. Writing is not as good as the previous DIY conspiracy piece from Indonesia, but it does introduce a new meaning for punk post. So I learned something.
0: Call for support. Sean Swain denied parole. From It's Going Down. So we're sad, but not surprised that Sean didn't get out, and that that might have been because he's pissed off some shits with power. This announces the next step in trying to get him out, which involves a lawsuit, and so also involves raising money. There are links to sample letters for those who want to write on his behalf. Regardless, write an anarchist prisoner today.
2: Announcing the George Floyd Uprising Reader, from It's Going Down. This announcement of a reader from the non-anarchist project Tamarack in Oakland, says it's from anarchists and autonomists, but we know to look at that with a jaundiced eye, right? Anyway, we're pro-readers in this neck of the woods. If a reader is defined as a collection of readings and thought-provoking questions to frame, interrogate, and contextualize those readings, which I wouldn't exactly say this is, but it's an attempt. Quote, some questions to frame your reading. What are the lessons of the rebellion rebellions in defense of black lives against white supremacy that occurred in 2020? How do we reinforce the strengths that emerged and learn from our collective shortcomings? What is the balance between supporting and feeding the justifiable fires of rage and preparing for building and defending a liberatory future? How do we carry the spirit of insurrection into further actions, relationships, and practices after the looting, burning, and destruction has ended? Unquote. So classic framing for future-oriented, communist-leaning, building the new in the shell of the old, as if that's possible. Did you hear me? As if the really new could possibly exist with the old. The reader does include COVID and state responses to it, but maintains the same kinds of identity formations that are being deconstructed in front of our eyes. So, still stuck in old patterns of resistance.
0: Definitions, pluralism, anarchy, from Libertarian Labyrinth by Sean Wilber. Quote, "...one of the consequences of treating anarchisms as a plural category, composed of partial expressions of anarchy, is to step away from the kind of familiar perspective that opposes anarchy and anarchism, however dialectically and productively, as if the ideal and the actual always had to be in conflict. There seems to be little doubt that many anarchists feel a tension, or various tensions, between their own theories and practices." And it may not be a mistake to say that some of the resulting discomfort arises from a sense that our anarchisms suffer from a bit too much anarchy or from a little, or from too little pluralism, or some similar complaint. There are, of course, reasons associated with anarchism's history why we might expect that to be the case. Reasons for expecting dialectical dynamics, contradictions, antinomies, and the like to feature in our theory and practice but there are also, I think, reasons to suspect that the extent to which they should encourage us to expect fundamental conflicts like the ones we at times assume between anarchy and anarchism might be less than some early anarchist writings suggest, unquote. Here's a game. Any week when Sean posts something, go through the stories on A News that week and see how many of them Sean's post can make more interesting. Fine, I'll play by myself.
2: The Politics of Enmity, from queermilitancy.substack.com. Proof that an interesting endnotes list doesn't necessarily mean anything.
0: Audio and video. Alpacalypse Now, from IDD, 57 minutes. This interview with Unicorn Ranch participants is interesting for folks who plan on or want to respond to increasing rupture by supporting themselves. The interview talks about how these folks met with each other. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter! Push back from the right wing, how they'd like to help other groups form, and raises questions about what allows groups like these to maintain themselves. The emphasis for groups like them seems to be queer and trans folks, though they call themselves anarchist, and the definition of groups like them is never exactly itemized. They implicitly claim that the variety of of identities they claim was helpful in getting quick and effective support against active and scary attacks from transphobes who continue to threaten death to people publicly associated with them. Unclear if the support they got came mostly from folks outside of the location where they're based, which seems like an important consideration for creating more such groups. There was an interesting analysis that the main speaker said about the disconnect between what community, and specifically community defense, means to anarchists versus to conservative, trans, and homophobes. The interview is bracketed by logistics, so if you skip too much, you could miss the anarchist bits.
2: Readings of Paul Z. Simons and Elorante from Immediatism.com Quote, These 10 episodes are recordings of texts by Paul Z. Simons and Elorante from a variety of sources, including the book A Full and Fighting Heart, Memories of and Writings by Paul Z. Simons, which is available from Little Black Cart, the magazine Modern Slavery, and the zine No Quarter Nine. The first part of John Brown's Body, episode 611, sets up both the context of the insurrection and John Brown's earlier history. The second of two episodes, 612, tells the story of of the famous insurrection at Harper's Ferry. Stolen Comrades, episode 613, is the history of the arrests and disappearance of five individuals, including three anarchists, in Paraguay in 1977. It was reconstructed from the files of the Archives of Terror with the assistance of Anna Ricalde Miranda and Rosa Palau and published recently in No Quarter 9, unquote.
0: This week's podcast was sound edited by Greg. The What's New was written by Chisel, read by Chisel and Freckles. We hope this podcast is useful to and fun for anarchists and the anarcho-curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcast at anarchistnews.org. For more information and usually some good commentary, see you at your favorite nonsectarian anarchist site, anarchistnews.org.